the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And in today's episode, we have got a hockey-themed episode for you. Ladies and gentlemen, the hockey season is upon us. It is right now. It's going on. It is the best sport known to man. If you think it's something different, you are wrong because hockey is the best sport out there, I am telling you. And to honor the amazing sport that is hockey we're gonna break down the 1992 mighty ducks film that we all know and love uh, we are going to review the cartoon from 1996 and then we are going to do our own fictional character hockey draft we've done something similar with baseball and i think football we did like live people but we did this yeah. a similar kind of thing with uh, baseball characters before yeah. so um i'm pretty excited about this i am too because my hockey team is gonna kick your ass not possible not oh, possible John. not only not possible it's inevitable <laughs> please <laughs> We'll we'll fight about that come later, uh, but I uh, just I just want to let everybody know you know if if you guys have listened to the podcast before uh, you probably know that I am a hockey fan. I have been playing hockey most of my life. Uh, I started playing when I was around maybe twelve years old. Uh, mm-hmm. Right around then, I started shifting over. I played inline hockey for Georgia in the uh, state of Georgia because uh, you know they don't they didn't really have too many ice rinks uh, yeah. growing up. And also, uh, we, we didn't have a buttload of money when we were younger, and so inline was cheaper. Yeah. Um, but granted, granted, inline, you know, no hockey is particularly cheap, I, th- I bet, with all the gear that you have to get. And so uh, I started playing, and I was the defenseman. I was, you know, I was a chubby kind of kid anyway. And I played <laughs> defense for like the first season, maybe two. And then after that, the uh, the team like needed a goalie, and the coach had all the pads, but you know nobody was up for doing it. And I was like, well, you know, I always enjoyed first base when I played baseball, and you know that's I know there's also similarities to catcher and, and goalie too. But like mm-hmm. first base, some people just have to throw the ball at you, and you have to catch it, you have to stop it. And so I was like, you know what, I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. I'm gonna go play play goalie and. The second I started playing, uh, I just loved it and I kept playing it. And I, you know, had some time in between where I wasn't playing because you get older and you're doing stuff. But then started playing again, in a, you know, when I was a little bit older as an adult as well. Uh, and then I switched over to ice hockey while I was living in Denver. And then I fucking loved ice hockey and I played that for about four or five years. Uh, until last year where I broke my finger and I was just like, damn, I'm getting old. Uh, you know, just, just breaking my finger, you know, doing a routine stop. And it's like, yeah, uh, I'm getting a little bit more and more sore than I used to. And so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stop right now. It's probably the best to just retire and I'll, I'll figure out something else to do with my time. Yeah. Well, you're, you're how old now, Adam? I am 33. 33. And what, what, what what would you say is sort of the average lifespan of a professional hockey player? Uh, I mean, most people, you know, stop playing in high school or whatnot when they're in it, but. Like a professional player, about about to what age do they stop playing? Um, I mean, very similar to like a football or other kind of contact sports, you know, when you're getting into like your. Uh, mid 30s you are pretty you're getting pretty up there in age right. now some of the some people have lasted a long time and been in the league but so that same kind of thing that happens with any other major sports right uh, but i would say 
you know, you're going to, you're going to peak right around, you know, your late twenties, right at, you know, early thirties. And then like, you know, after 35, you're, you're past your prime and you're just kind of like, you're hanging on at that point. Yeah. Now there's some, there's some people who played forever, like Zdeno Chara or Peter Forsberg or just tons of different people who kind of played way into their older times. And for goalies, someone like Martin Brodeur played until I think he was like 78 when he finally retired Jesus, as a goalie. But no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. He, okay. he's, he's, he was old. He was at least, I don't know. He was in his probably mid forties when he stopped. And for okay. a goalie to be quick and to be, um, you know, reactive as, right. as good as you have to do with a goalie. That was very impressive. I hate Martin Brodeur, uh, mainly because I'm a Flyers fan and, <laughs> and he was a New Jersey devil pretty much his entire career that, you know, I don't I don't like the dude, uh, <laughs> but I respect him. Right. You know, how about that? So uh, anyway, so that's that's enough hockey, you know. You know, just jib jab. Uh, what I want to know is about the year 1992. The year that a great movie called Mighty Ducks came out is also a year that some other things happened. John, could you tell us about those other things? Yes. Well, the movie Mighty Ducks came out on October 2nd of 1992. The Billboard Hot 100 single of that week and actually was in the middle of a 13-week run was the song End of the Road by Boys to Men. I mean, I'm I'm not as good of a singer as the voice. <laughs> Maybe I am. You might have confused that for the actual playing, <laughs> me singing right there. Uh, yeah, that's a good song. I think we've actually probably talked about it before. I think we have. It's been it's been a lot of time on on number one, so it was probably inevitable that it was going to come back around. Yeah. It could have been uh, maybe like a year end uh, number one as right. well or something when we were still doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff with that one. Uh, 1992 was the year of Hurricane Andrew, and when it hit Florida, uh, it ended up destroying a facility that was housing a whole bunch of Burmese pythons, which got released into the wild, which is now why Florida has a huge python problem. Yeah, I think I remember hearing about that. <laughs> they, yeah, about that they, yeah, an invasive species that just kind of came in and just like, you know, they they they. They just took over. Plus, a bunch of people uh, would buy them as pets, and then ended up mm. when they didn't want them, they would just release them into the wild as well. So that's why there's a whole bunch of them down there, which aren't supposed to be there. Yeah, that's why. That's why Bob Barker always said, "Spay and neuter your snakes every time, <laughs> always." And uh, lastly, we kind of touched on this. I think the first time we talked about 1992, um, but that was the year that George H. W. Bush went over to. Japan and vomited on the prime minister. But what we didn't talk about was mm -hmm. that action actually spawned a new Japanese word. The new word is bushusuru, which literally means to do the bush thing, but in generally it means to vomit in public. So if you bushusuru'd, you vomited in public. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you gotta love the Japanese people for that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and that was some fun stuff from 92. Say, like, John, have you ever bushusuru'd at all? Uh, actually, I don't think I really have, not in public anyway. Uh, I definitely have. Uh, I mean, not like, you know, while cameras are on me while I'm, you know, right. vomiting on a prime minister or anything like that, <laughs> but, uh, I've definitely, definitely vomited, uh, particularly maybe in my college days. I remember there was I was going to say, was it downtown Athens? Uh, it was actually at a frat house. Oh, okay. Uh, in Athens. I, uh, one of my friends from high school, 
who after that I really wasn't invited to any more of his parties. <laughs> I, I wonder why. But this was like, I don't know, probably within like the first couple weeks of going to starting at UGA. And so uh-huh. he was like a new pledge brother. And I was not a drinker in high school. I didn't drink at all yeah. until college. And this is one of the first times that I drank and I went way too hard. And I ended up unleashing everything into their... Uh, the foyer of their, uh, <laughs> their frat house. <laughs> oh, and wow. so I don't think he was particularly happy with me after that. Yeah, maybe not. All right. Well, that is 1992, right? Yep. All right. Well, before we get into the episode, I want to talk about something fairly serious uh, and very private. Uh, something that, you know, is not something we really bring up all that or bring up, you know, too much private stuff um, very much. But because I have this platform... I want to mention it. A lot of people who listen to this podcast are people that I already know, uh, and so they may already know this news, but if anybody doesn't, I want to bring that up. I just want to let everybody know out, out there that my wife and I are looking to adopt a child. We are very excited about this. Uh, this is something that we've talked about for a while, and we're really, we're, you know, we're really hopeful that we can find a child out there who needs us. Um, and we're we have some certain things that we're looking for. Obviously, hopefully, a healthy and uh, you know, hopeful newborn is something that we're looking for. The one difficult thing about adoption is you, there's a couple different ways you can go. And what we want to do is we want to go with a private adoption, which is really difficult to do mm. because you have to find somebody who's willing to give up their kid. Right. And so to get a private adoption, you have to be as public as possible and just like tell everybody, you know. And so that's why I'm mentioning this right now, hmm. just because, you know, you never know who might know somebody who might know somebody who is like, wow, they're thinking about giving up their child. Well, there is a good home that is looking for that child. Um, And that would be me and my wife. And so if anybody is curious or wants to share our story, I would absolutely be immensely appreciative of it. Uh, We have a website called hopefuladopters.com, all one word. So feel free to check that out. That's kind of a letter to our future child um, and just kind of telling the story of, you know, what me and my wife are, you know, hopefully looking to adopt. But, you know, if you guys hear anything, you know, please share hopefuladopters.com. Send me an email, hopefuladopters at gmail.com. You know, if there's anything out there, but uh, just kind of wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I have the platform, so I'm going to do it. Okay. And an easy enough segue for me, because uh, someone who actually focuses and works on family law is Jody Sellers at the Sellers Law Firm. And you can bet your butt I'm going to be utilizing him uh, as my lawyer come the time to get draft the paperwork and, you know, actually adopt a child. And I think everybody out there should take a look at The Sellers Law Firm. Uh, You can go to thesellerslawfirm.com. He's uh, an amazing attorney. He specializes in all things family law. This guy knows his stuff. Make sure to follow him on Facebook, on Instagram. He's probably got Twitter, Snapchat. The dude's very interested in joining and being a part of the community and being out there on social media. And so everybody out there, Make sure you check in for the Sellers Law Firm. Well, if you're in Georgia, because right. he, he practices he in the practices state of Georgia. Georgia. So, <laughs> yeah, which is where I live now. So pretty soon I will be able to say, yeah, this guy, this guy got me a baby. So <laughs> he can get you one too. Uh, and <laughs> hey, Hopefully. if you don't live in Georgia, maybe you know someone who does. Yes. And if they need uh, an attorney, have them check out the Sellers Law Firm. 
All right. With all of that said and done, I know that was a good bit before we go into the Mighty Ducks. Uh, but wait, Adam. Right, John. We're not done yet. There's more? We got a new patron. Oh, we got a new patron. Yes. Uh, a young Mr. Joseph Garcia is a new patron oh. at the G.I. Joe level. I feel like I might have known this guy. I might have even heard his voice on this podcast before. Yes, at least probably a couple times. <laughs> Yes, he is awesome. He is a friend of the podcast and now a patron of the podcast. Thank you so much, Joseph. You uh, you all have probably heard the episode uh, where he and his brother joined us for talks on uh, Batman the Animated Series and the X-Men Animated Series, as well as Joseph joined us on the wonderful film <laughs> Howard the Duck. <laughs> so it's uh, it's good stuff is what it is. Uh, so thank you, Joe. We appreciate you. We do. Well, John, actually, there's also one more thing I want to add. Oh, <laughs> We're good really God. trying to jam <laughs> in everything we can. Uh, we also have a new review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, everybody who has reviewed us or rated us. We really appreciate it. We got a brand new five-star review, uh, and this one is by Lowry1083, and it was entitled Nostalgia Overload. He or she says, it's like sitting down with a couple of buddies, popping in a VHS from Blockbuster, and just having a killer Friday night. This is a must-add for anyone who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Love it. Well, thank you, Lowry. We love it. We appreciate you. If anybody else wants to give us a rating or review, we would appreciate you as well. All right, that's enough, John. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get in the flying V, and let's get into my, to Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Mighty Ducks from 1992, this film was directed by Stephen Herrick, who we have talked before because he was also the director of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, he also directed Critters, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's da- Dead, and uh, a great movie, actually probably the greatest of those, Mr. Holland's Opus, which is a film oh. that we both love yeah. and uh, will very likely you know, do in the, in the future at some point. Yeah. Uh, and this film was written by Stephen Brill, who we've talked about before because he wrote and directed Heavyweights. Ah. Uh, and then, yeah. And so uh, he also directed some Adam Sandler movies, Little Nicky and Mr. Deeds and some stuff. But So we've got two people we've already talked about. And then we've probably also talked about this guy's music, who also did the music for this episode. His name is David Newman. And he did the music for Tommy Boy, which we probably didn't really discuss the soundtrack for Tommy Boy other than like the actual soundtrack and not the original score but right. uh, well we might have done it he talked about he did two movies we've already done Tommy Boy and The Sandlot mm. and actually he also did the music for Bill and Ted's both of those movies so we've we've done multiple David Newman films mm-hmm. um, as well as he has done a buttload of Eddie Murphy movies including Dr. Doolittle and the second one Norbit Nutty Professor and the second one Daddy Daycare Bowfinger so David Newman is a uh, tons of comedic Uh, movies under his belt and then there are two other crew members that i want to discuss just because this movie has a pretty kick-ass crew uh, in my opinion Uh, the cinematography was done by thomas del ruth who he has done just a slew of many things but some great 80s movies i want to talk about one that we've already discussed which is running man Mm. great movie there yeah Uh, then also he was the cinematographer for breakfast club and the amazing film stand by me 
Oh, uh, which is yeah. some awesome stuff. And even the cinematography is quite good, particularly, you know, the way that the train scene was shot and stuff yeah. like that was really, really good. Uh, and then the last person I want to discuss is the editor of Mighty Ducks. Uh, there were two editors, but uh, one of them was John F. Link, who has done also some other amazing 80s films, uh, including Commando, Roadhouse, Predator, and then, like, the action movie that most people consider one of the best action movies of all time, Die Hard. Oh, nice. He also edited that. So that's some good shit. Yeah. So, you know, when you come in here, like, Mighty Ducks, action editing, baby. Hardcore. <laughs> this movie stars Emilio Estevez as Coach Gordon Bombay. You know Emilio Estevez from Breakfast Club, St. Elmo's Fire, Young Guns. Um, Joss Ackland plays Hans, the uh, hockey shop owner and kind of mentor a little bit to Coach Bombay. Uh, he was the villain in B- Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That's oh, probably yeah. where maybe maybe you and I remember him from. Yeah. But most people will remember him as the villain from Lethal Weapon 2 because, John, he's the guy who had diplomatic immunity. It's just been revoked. Diplomatic immunity. just been revoked (laughs) oh good good and cheese all over that one that's good (laughs) stuff uh lane smith played the villainous coach riley and maybe most people remember him from actually the the 90s tv show lois and clark uh the new adventures of superman he played the uh dc character perry white in throughout that show he was also in my cousin Vinny, and then i think what i remember him most from other than this movie he was the dad and son-in-law uh, that Polly Shore film. Oh God! <laughs> I liked that movie. I liked it. So. I did not. Uh, and then I'm just going to talk about just a couple of the kids. Not many of them. Joshua Jackson played Charlie Conway, who was the main kid. Uh, you know him from Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. He was Pacey Witter in that one. And then also he was in a fairly popular show called Fringe. Sean Weiss played Goldberg. And you probably recognize him from Heavyweights. There was also a couple other people who were in Heavyweights. Yeah. Um, but he was, uh, you know, one of the, the bigger actors on that one. Uh, and one thing I kind of remember about Sean White, about last, or Sean Weiss, not Sean White. Uh, <laughs> Sean White is a skateboarder. Yeah. Sean Weiss, which... Weiss in German means white. Um, <laughs> last year, he got arrested for, I don't know, maybe it was like drunken disorderly contact, conduct or something like that. But he had this absolutely atrocious mugshot that went out and kind of went viral. Uh, and he just, he looked like he was in bad shape. So uh, I hope Sean Weiss out there is doing a little bit better than he did uh, last year when he when he got uh, arrested. So okay. yeah, that's my <laughs> shout out to, to Goldberg. Uh, and then Eldon Henson played Fulton, who Fulton Reed, the guy with the heavy ass slap shot. He was foggy in the Dare- Netflix Daredevil yes. season. He was great in that. He was. He was a good foggy. You know, and foggy isn't a character I particularly love from the comics, but he did a good job. And he actually made it someone who's a little bit more interesting to me. Yeah. You know, if you don't know him from... Uh, the Daredevil show, you probably know him from this two-part movie called El Dorado Temple of the Sun. Uh, did, have you seen that, John? No, I haven't. Well, you should because uh, your boy over here was the assistant editor on that, <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> it was a movie I worked on, and Eldon Henson was in it, so I'm just saying, everybody go out there, you should go watch uh, El Dorado Temple of the Sun. Maybe you shouldn't. It's actually, it's uh, maybe not the best, but <laughs> it's, uh Yeah. Anyway, but I thought it was cute. It was uh, I've got a tie-in with him, so I just I liked that. 
Uh, and one other just little note before we actually get into the breakdown. Uh, the Mighty Ducks NHL franchise was founded in 1993, so a year after this movie came out, you know, the name of the team was based on this film. Mm-hmm. Disney did eventually sell the franchise in 2005, and they changed the name to just the Anaheim Ducks. So they're no longer, you know, they haven't been since 2005 or six. the Mighty Ducks. They, they're they now just the Anaheim Ducks. So okay. anyway. Did Disney own the franchise to begin with? Yeah, Disney owned the team. Oh, I mean, okay. They, they, they started the team, and that's why they named them the Mighty Ducks is because of the popularity of this show. I mean, or this movie. Isn't that that's pretty ridiculous? Wow. So, I mean, this movie, it, it can start dynasties, if you want. Actually, that in 2006-2007 season, they won the Stanley Cup. Oh, okay. uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, we're a solid team for a good little while, too. Yeah. We start off the movie by kind of hearing an announcer over the title cards. Uh, we see, like, this stylized flashback of this kid. Gordon, who is about to take a penalty shot, and the coach, holy fuck, the coach is putting pressure on him. <laughs> he, is, he is telling him that the entire team is uh, going to, you know, relying on him right now. It's up to you. I don't want to see any goats around here after the game. You got it? Now, you missed this shot. You're not just letting me down. You're letting your whole team down, too. Uh, the kid goes up, and he takes a shot, and clang. He clangs it off the post. And in a very dramatic fashion, he drops to his knees, and there's just super dramatic lighting as he's just <laughs> sitting there. This kid failed everybody. So dramatic, so early. I don't want him on my team, that's for sure. No, hell no. Fuck no. Uh, we cut to the current time, and we see we're at a courtroom, and we see one of the lawyers apparently is that little failure, Gordon Bombay. And he's kind of like a badass lawyer right now, a kind of a creepy, you know, one of those creep defense lawyers who has no uh, morals. <laughs> and he's apparently obsessed with winning. So apparently after, you know, that he should he really needs to go talk to a psychiatrist because that <laughs> one little flashback fucked him up for a while <laughs> uh, because he changed his entire mentality where everything matters about winning. Uh, and He's obsessed with it. So um, he works for this big law firm, this uh, this big, you know, guy named uh, Ducksworth. And basically Ducksworth, uh, you know, tells him he's kind of a, a, a good boss. Honestly, right now, you know, he tells him that he needs to show some restraint and be professional, you know, and not be a sore winner and that kind of thing. Honestly, Bombay is a little bit pissed about it. And so what does he do? Uh, He goes out and he drinks and drives. And I can tell you, do not do that, children. That is not good for you. Not smart. Not smart at all. Not smart. But if you happen to do it and you need a good lawyer, uh, I do know this one in Georgia. If you do it in the state of Georgia, uh, give uh, the seller's law firm a call and they'll help you out. So, <laughs> all, right. all right, Bombay gets caught and, uh, you know, his his asshatness uh, comes back to bite him in the ass because the uh, lawyer that he kind of shoved his nose in the wind earlier kind of comes and uh, prosecutes him pretty hard. And Ducksworth ends up hearing about it and forces him to do this community service and has him take a leave from absence. Um, and honestly, right now, you know, Ducksworth is a pretty level headed boss. You know, he's like, oh, hey, you're having some issues. I want you to take a leave of absence. You're going to remain on salary, uh, but I want you to, you know, not be such of a dick. And I go, okay, cool. We then cut to meeting some of the uh, kids, some of the players who are going to eventually make up the Mighty Ducks. And, you know, in uh, very Bad News Bears fashion, uh, they aren't the best of children. We, When we meet up with them here, they are feeding uh, a dog some chili so that will basically force it to make a really stinky shit uh, so that way they can put the shit into a purse and play a prank on a random guy. <laughs> anyway, they do that. There's a really dumb sped up chase scene. 
uh, which I honestly, eh, I don't, I don't like any of that kind of silly stuff as an adult. Yeah. Just the way it is mostly, it's just eh, not funny, but whatever. They get away from it. Uh, we cut to a frozen pond, and we meet the rest of the the team, the D5, District 5 team. We meet a bunch of different people, including Goldberg, who I do want to say, I'm, as, a, as a goalie, I should have a lot of respect for different goalies. You know, uh-huh. that I typically root for goalies more than anything else. You know, I root for my team, which is the Philadelphia Flyers, and then I will root for goalies, and then I'll root for any other team. Like, that's just kind of like how it goes. I love goalies. I hate Goldberg. I absolutely <laughs> hate him he is my least favorite player in hockey history he's just all he does fake hockey history even fake yes all of fake hockey history and including reality hockey people uh i just i cannot stand goldberg he all he does is bitch and moan and whine you know like he just uh, and he's a goalie who's afraid to get hit by the puck and it's just like why the hell are you a goalie right like it's so fucking stupid uh, you know, the only redeeming quality that he has is he's a Flyers fan. So <laughs> I, I respect that. But, you know, as a goalie, I can't stand him. And I'm going to save my rant uh, about Goldberg, especially for, for Mighty Ducks 2. Uh, I'm going to save that for when me and Corey ever get to it. All right. I've actually done it before on this podcast. Uh, if you want, if you want to go listen to uh, the uh, Rookie of the Year episode, I have a nice little rant about <laughs> Goldberg um, and mostly, mostly about Gordon Bombay uh, in Mighty Ducks Two compared to the other goalie in that one, who we might hear from later. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Bombay goes to the team, and uh, you know he has the his limo drive out onto the ice, and it's kind of a funny-ish little scene. But you know, I like that all the kids think he's some drug dealer, uh, which you know kind of makes sense. You obviously in the wrong hood. This is my dominion. It's a drug-free zone. You understand? Yeah, man. Right. We ain't buying nothing. But he's apparently the new coach, and he has them start practice. And we get just different scenes down the line, but we start here. We're seeing different. Uh, we see the the personality of Averman. Averman is uh, one. He's 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 a funny guy. He starts. Uh, he lets the coach know that you know. Just so you know, we all really suck. And Bombay <laughs> is like, I'll decide who sucks around here. He starts watching them. <laughs> they really suck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Uh, we get we get Averman's douchey commentary as well, which I think is awesome. It's super memorable to me. The pink that guy is just a one of the more annoying characters, but it's funny for a lot of people. Yeah. He, may, he might be kind of like, I don't know, almost the squints of the Mighty Ducks team, okay. if you will. Yeah. But maybe he's not as lovable as squints. I, you know, definitely not as lovable as squints. Yeah. So, but uh, Bombay is a complete and utter dick to them. Uh, and he just kind of goes back in his car. They end up jumping all over his limo and going nuts, and like they get inside of it, which I can tell you, you know, inside a limo, those hockey blades are like gonna be cutting up yeah. that entire upholstery. Like, <laughs> that's that's unfortunate. So, uh, but they go for a ride, like you know, on the ice, and Charlie Conway's mom stops them, and she's just like, "What the fuck is going on?" And she ruins the fun, and so she's all pissed at this guy who. He was driving them around in a, in a limo. So, you know, there's tension between them. Dare I say that it might eventually turn into sexual tension, John? You may dare. You may dare to say it. I, I would dare. All right. And I'll say it's probably going to eventually turn into that. Uh, the next day they have a game. And guess who it's against? The Hawks. The team that that little failure clanged <laughs> his puck off of the post and couldn't win the game. 
It's the team, the, te- the team that Gordon Bombay played for when, you know, he lost so long ago. And the same coach is still there. Uh, and he looks really good, honestly. He looks exactly the same say, as he did. <laughs> I was just going to say, he looks exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, that had to be, what, Gordon, he was probably, what, at the most 12 in that when, in that right. shot? You know, maybe he was, maybe he was, he seemed like a small 12-year-old at that. Right. So he was probably 12. And this has to be at least like, like 20, 30 years later, or just sorry, 20 years 20, later. So he's got to yeah. be in his early 30s, yeah, yeah. or mid 30s, very likely. So I'd say it's conservatively 20 years later. Uh, so yeah, but that coach, he looks fantastic. He uh, <laughs> he either looked really, really bad as like a, he probably looked like an old 30 year old. Right. And, and then he just kind of grew into it or whatever. I don't know. But I do like the dramatic kind of pan that we see of like all these peewee championships right hawks 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 and then there's that one second place banner and we know it's fucking gordon (laughs) bombay's fault because he he just couldn't score the penalty shot (laughs) we also kind of learn about this kid banks uh, who's really good uh, and then i'll obviously come back later uh, and the kind of coach the coach is obviously an asshole he rubs in the whole the peewee loss you know he for the first time he sees gordon bombay in like forever and he rubs in the peewee loss yep uh, we kind of we get that flashback and another thing that we didn't realize in the very beginning of the, the of that flashback the coach also says something about oh man you know, I wish your dad was here to see this. Like, he rubs in that the kid's got a dead dad on top of the pressure of he's going to fuck it up and ruin it for everybody if he doesn't do this. So this dude is a, not a very good motivational uh, speaker, in my opinion. I would not I would not hire him to, to come uh, supercharge uh, a team or anything like that. Yeah. The Hawks, you know, when as the game goes on, uh, we see, obviously, from the beginning, the Hawks are super organized and quote-unquote well-coached. Uh, and district the D5 team is not. Uh, one thing I want to call out, and I see this all the time, or maybe I, was, I, mean, I think people try and do this. There's a lot of things that people try and do from this movie. If it's not the Triple Deke, it's the Flying V. But, you know, in warm-ups at this part, the Hawks team all kind of skates up to the goalie and, like, smacks the goalie's pad as he's just kind of there. Kind of, you know, going back and forth. Right. That That's not really a thing that happens. Like, you know, <laughs> teams don't just go up and, like, smack. Every now and then, you know, you'll get I'll get somebody who wants to, you know, come up and, like, say, all right, let's do this, Adam, or whatever. And they'll, you know, they'll tap you on your pads or they'll give you a couple smacks. But, like, you know, the entire team going and doing that is just that's never really happened to me in the history <laughs> of me playing or watching other people play. You know, and and NHL as well. So uh, whatever. But I guess it hypes up their team. Yeah. One thing that I totally didn't even remember uh, that we get a little racist comment from one of the Hawks kids uh, where he sees, you know, there's two black kids playing on one of the uh, forward lines and they say, what's this? The Oreo line? Because, uh, you know, the two wingers are black and the center is white. Oh, Looks like an Oreo. And I just completely, yeah, I mean, it kind of, when, when he said it, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't even realize that that was the thing, but it does actually come back later. Now I hate these little fucking hawks even more <laughs> right now. That one flew right by my head. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, the Hawks obliterate uh, D5. Charlie almost does something, but he fucks it up, of course. He, <laughs> he just he apparently is uh, the guy who is will almost do stuff and then fuck it up. Right. And another thing I do want to call out about this game, there's absolutely some roughing and interference and illegal hits that the Hawks do to the D5 team that the ref allows. He, he's just a shitty ass ref. Like he's just letting that team like uh, do illegal hits like throughout the damn game. So uh, that's not how hockey is played, people. This is how Coach Riley wins. He pays off the. Yeah, I guess so. The refs. 
He has to because there's no and no self-respecting ref would not be calling interference on some of those calls uh, or roughing for sure, especially during kids. Uh, Bombay, you know, with this big loss, he's just he's pissed off and he's and he's obviously not used to losing. He hates this, uh, so he's all he's all angry. And he, he what I like is he yells at the team, you know, why won't you just listen to me? And Jesse Hall responds, Why the hell should we? And to me, that's it. That's the trick. That's this whole movie that he hasn't gotten through his head yet. Why should they trust him, John? Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything to earn their trust yet. But I have a feeling, and then a little bit later, it's gonna happen. We see an old guy in the stands, and we eventually we find. Find out that it's Hans, uh, like this old you know mentor of Bombay's. Uh, at the next day, the D5 team uh, is also kind of picked on by some of the Hawks, and we see this ultra badass guy just like pick up two of them and chuck them. <laughs> He's uh, you know the big tough dude. He is the uh, who's that guy from Bad News Bears? He was the, he was played by Rorschach. Oh, he's the 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 kid who like smoked yeah. and like I can't remember the character's name. I know it was, it was Jack Earl Haley, but I can't remember the yeah Jack Earl name. exactly. He's that kind of character here. You know, mm-hmm. he's this big badass. As of this point, you know, he's he's not interested in playing. He just is a nice nice enough dude, and he's big enough that he can beat up on uh, pretty much anybody. What was that character's name? Fulton Reed. Oh, that, yeah, that's Eldon Henson. Eldon, yep, Eldon Henson of uh, the El Dorado miniseries, the two part movies yeah. that everybody should go <laughs> check out, and then they can watch my name in credits as uh, the first assistant editor so in case in case they're curious <laughs> did you know there was a second henson in this movie a jim henson no 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 there's a, another guy another character whose name is guy guy germain oh okay that's eldon henson's real brother oh really yeah one of them oh, forget which one one of them dyed their hair so that they wouldn't look like brothers because they're because oh. the characters are not supposed to be related I, I, fulton reed had some really dark dark hair so i'd imagine he was the one who dyed it yeah that would make sense okay cool i had no idea that they were brothers they don't really look alike so not really but that's cool the next day at practice coach bombay is trying to teach them how to cheat and how to <laughs> flop and it's just fucking sad he's you know he wants them to you know, he the, his mantra that he's teaching them is take the fall that's hurt get indignant one more time take the fall that's hurt get indignant it's just what is this soccer it's fucked up yeah exactly <laughs> yes exactly now there are some uh, some people who will flop uh, in in hockey and it's you know it's bad and it's funny and when they get called out for it it's you, you should be above that shit in my <laughs> yeah. opinion but I've seen I've seen some really high end people like Ovechkin and Crosby both uh, flop pretty hard before so they play another game and of course they lose that too at one point Coach Bombay is trying to get Charlie to flop but he won't do it so we kind of learned that that kid he's got a little bit uh, he's a little bit honorable you know he's not gonna just you know flop like everybody else and just kind of he, he's 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 too good of a kid yeah that's why that's why we like Charlie. We we meet, uh, we kind of actually meet Hans here. He's this old guy who owns the hockey shop. Coach Bombay goes and sees him. They kind of have a, you know, little heartfelt moment. And he helps uh, bring the love of the game back to Gordon Bombay's heart. You know, he's he's telling them that they need to, he needs to teach them to fly, which is an important line. Uh, and, you know, a little foreshadowing line. And he gives Gordon some skates. And the next cut, Gordon is, you know, back on the ice. And here's where he's kind of you know, flashing back to his love of hockey with his dad. And this is what really warms the cockles of uh, Gordon Bombay's hearts. And he's realizing, you know, he's got to go. And he apologizes to Charlie and Charlie's mom. And right away, Charlie's kind of 
oddly, you know, inviting him to stay for dinner. And there's, there's a whole weird thing about how Charlie is like pushing Gordon Bombay onto his mom yeah. throughout this entire movie, which I find kind of strange. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's basically just like, hey, she's single, big boy. Why don't you take her for a spin? Like, it's just like, whoa, shit, <laughs> calm down, kid. Uh, you know, he's, he's looking a little too hard for a father figure right now. Yeah. Bombay gets the idea, and he goes to his old, his big boss, Mr. Ducksworth, for a sponsorship. And he ends up getting it, and we get this fantastic 90s song, Good Vibrations by Marky Mark. And we get a whole little, the team is off buying gear and whatnot they have a whole little like you know almost a dress-up montage mm-hmm. for that uh they also recruit some new people in this time uh these ice skaters tammy and tommy who you might recognize tommy as danny tamborelli uh he was one of the peets in pete and pete yes from that show the real badass little kid who had the uh, petunia tattoo on his arm uh we also see fulton again but um you know he's not fully committed yet to uh the team or anything like that uh, we also get some training montage and stuff like that. You know, the team is practicing with eggs and shit like that, which is pretty funny. Also, he kind of has Goldberg, you know, through overload therapy, he ties him to a goalpost and has everybody shoot at him, and he realizes, oh, getting hit from a puck is not that bad. Uh, I can tell you, if someone's shooting and you don't absorb the puck properly, it still hurts with pads. <laughs> uh, so that is a terrible thing to just tie up a goalie. They're not fully protected across everywhere. Uh, you know, that's, that's, I, hell, like I said, I broke my hand last year playing and I had my glove on and I was just making a routine save and I blocked it. So, uh, you know, there are, there are gaps and especially if you're fat, your stomach fat kind of <laughs> comes out between your, <laughs> your pads. I know about this. And so I can almost guarantee, you know, that would, that would hurt. An embarrassing story that I know you like to tell every now and then. Uh, how about, how about you tell this one, John? This, this could have been a good embarrassing story to mention. Uh, but you know, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let the people know. Cause I know, I know, you know, the story I'm thinking of. I think I do. <laughs> Yeah, we might have we might have said it before, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell it from my perspective. Okay. So I just remember going to see you play. This is when you were in high school, I think. No, I don't think I don't think it was high school. I'm pretty sure it was just rec league. I think. No, because dad was there. Okay. That you it was it was while you were in high school. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. Because I was I was in college and you were not yet in college. Okay. So I uh, remember uh, dad always stood near the uh, benches where the teams were. Mm-hmm. I think that's just where he liked to stand. So I, I went over to stand with him, and I just remember seeing you go down, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why. And then the coach walked out, you know, a little mingling for a minute, and then he came back, and he knew. I think he knew who we were. He looked at us, and he goes, "Forgot his cup." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I didn't have my cup on, and I still went out to go and play. And during uh, I think it was during warmups, I took a shot into the nuts, <laughs> and I was just I was down. <laughs> so I had to. Uh, I, I don't know if you know. I don't remember if I borrowed a cup from somebody, or maybe Dad went out and bought me a cup right then or something. <laughs> I don't know, but I I was able to to play through the game. <laughs> No, I think so. I think one of the one of the coaches had a cup that they gave you because we didn't have one. Was not the smartest thing to just uh, <laughs> play through it and not ask for one, especially as a goalie. Uh, you know, you can get through that with other people, but the puck is specifically going to hit you as a goalie. So that was a dumb, dumb call, <laughs> and it hurt, <laughs> ladies bet. and gentlemen. It hurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> Which I sorry, I was, was going to make a bad joke. Um, I was going to say, and I promise it's not related to me needing to have an adoption. <laughs> anyway, my balls aside, you know, we, we find out later that uh, Charlie apparently also has some daddy issues and whatever. But there's like some 
bonding happening between him and Coach Bombay, all that kind of tying in with Coach Bombay flirting with the mom and stuff like that. Um, the next day while driving, Bombay's uh, limo gets, the car window just gets fucking busted. He's like, whoa, what the fuck? It's Fulton, John, mm-hmm. the really strong dude that we've seen before. Uh, you know, he apparently has a hell of a slap shot, but he lacks accuracy. Also, he can't skate for shit, but Bombay <laughs> is uh, determined to get this guy on his team. So we then get a little cute little montage of him learning how to skate. It's adorable. He can't skate on, on rollerblades at all, um, which... Honestly, kind of reminded me of another, you know, <laughs> flashback of my own when I was watching <laughs> this montage. It brought me back to uh, I was in Iowa and, you know, we were visiting our family there and I was skating around on some some rollerblades. And I don't know. This was early when I was young, maybe before I even started playing hockey. Um, and I was we were hanging out. I was with my cousin Molly. I remember I was kind of went down this ramp and it was like a steep hillish ramp that was just kind of down the side of this hill uh, it dead ended pretty much into a road it was like almost like a cut through really from this for the street to street but just for like walking pedestrians and it was all ramps so i went i went down there and i started speeding up way too fast and i am quite certain that molly thought i was just going to go into the street and kill myself <laughs> uh, you know cuz i was pretty new on skates and i didn't know what the fuck i was doing but i was apparently good enough that the second you know i got at the bottom of the street i was able to turn and go up the sidewalk I I think I ended up, you know, kind of falling and having to fall down, but I kept myself from going into the street and, and dying from running into a car. Uh, and that was probably where I started my love of, of skating and hockey uh, because I was that good, you know, just in case you're curious. Okay. That was not a good story. That was really <laughs> lame story. But anyway, it made me flashback, you know. We got a movie here all sure. about flashbacks, though. Um, we, we see the sponsored jerseys. You know, they're the Ducks. Uh, which is not a typical badass mascot, and some of her, you know, think it's kind of lame. But I find it funny that the very next game that they're on, that they're cutting to, they're playing this team called the Cardinals, which isn't any more badass than a duck, (laughs) (laughs) you know? If anything, it's less so, because ducks can be mean. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Ducks can be mean. Cardinals, you know, they just fly away. They're scared. (laughs) At that game against the Cardinals, uh, you know, for their, like, opening chant instead of, like, hip hip hooray or whatever that they're doing, uh, you know, all together, or win, 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 they're doing quack. I mean, that's iconic for this movie. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it really is kind of cute. But in the movie, they're down by one with a few seconds left, and they give the puck to Fulton. Uh, but we know he doesn't have very good accuracy. Uh, and, you know, while he's about to shoot, because the other team saw him do warm-ups and how fast he shoots, you know, they all dive out of the way. They're all super scared, including the goalie. And so <laughs> as Fulton's about to shoot, instead, he passes it off to Connie, who she scores. Mm-hmm. And they end up, they tie, which is awesome. Yay, they tie. Uh, you know, their first non-loss. <laughs> Bombay goes and sees Hans, who happens to, you know... Hans apparently knows everything about this Minnesota Pee Wee District Hockey Team and like all of the this club uh, because he knows all the boundaries for the districts and turns out, oh, that Bombay would have been a duck. He would have been in the D5, you know, because they rezoned. Bombay. Yeah, they say that. You wouldn't even be a hawk now. They redrew the district lines last year. The lake is not the boundary anymore. You see? You'd be a duck. I'd be a duck. Oh, yeah. But then also... Not just him. Guess what? He finds out that one of the Hawks 
should also be a duck. And it's their super skilled player we heard about earlier, Adam Banks. Bombay kind of uses his lawyership to kind of fuck them over and kind of fuck over his old coach. And he goes to them and, you know, tells them he has to he has to join the Ducks instead. Coach Riley's pissed about it. Uh, everybody, you know, Adam's not very happy about it either. And while Riley is kind of, like, you know, asking why the hell he's doing this, um, you know, there's some sarcasm. And some of the other players like Jesse Hall and I think his brother overhear Coach Bombay being sarcastic about how much losers his teams are and how much they need Adam Banks or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, is definitely sarcasm. But it kind of went over the head of the kids. Right. And now it's causing some dissension in the locker room. You know, that along with the whole Adam Banks situation, you know, new kid that none of them like because he had picked on. We saw he picked on some of them earlier as well. Yeah, he's not well liked. Incidentally, uh, the kid who played Adam Banks, a kid named Vincent LaRusso, he was not the first person to play Adam Banks. They had another kid and Vincent LaRusso was just supposed to be some kid on the Hawks team. And apparently whoever they initially got was just unbearable to work with. <laughs> so they just got rid of him. And then I guess they just auditioned the kids they had. And LaRusso, Vincent LaRusso was the one who got the spot. Nice. Now, he was good. I mean, I like him as Adam Banks. Yeah. You know, he's a pretty awesome character. And we also get Jesse, who's kind of the, he's, he's one of the more toughened hearts on the team. It's, it's hard to it's hard to break through the tough exterior of Jesse Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he calls Adam Banks a cake eater, which is a, a line that kind of keeps coming back. That's kind of almost, you know, turns into a, it's his nickname. Um, and I, I love that diss. You know, it's pretty good. It's it's very uh, Marie Antoinette old school <laughs> of Jesse to, to, to make to make fun of him for it. But So apparently uh, the term cake eater is actually a very well-known term in Minnesota and it refers to anyone who lives in the city of Adena. Oh, <laughs> Okay, which is the suburb of Minneapolis, and it does it does re- it re- does refer to Marie Antoinette. Okay, so it must be yeah for like you know oh you're so bougie and rich or whatever something that like shit. that. I don't I don't know any. I'm guessing that's what it is, but I just know it refers to people who generally live in that in that suburb. It's a suburb of Minneapolis, so. Well, I like that. You know, I thought it was a Jesse Hall original, but I like that they actually took that from real life. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, so so they then have to, because of the mutiny that they have, they have to forfeit the game. Coach Bombay and Charlie kind of go to a diner and they talk. Uh, and we here is where we first hear about the famed triple deke that Bombay used to try and score his goal that he ended up failing and not scoring. And I would say the triple deke is probably the, maybe other than the flying V, uh, is the most overhyped move in sports history we'll, we'll go up to see it later and he explains it i think is one time literally you're just like moving the stick from side to side right that is just regular stick handling you're not deking anything literally he's just going set left right left stop and then shoot and it's like well then you know you really stopped and you wasted your entire like deking ability by stopping there and then having to shoot <laughs> like that's it, it's awful it's it's a it's a wasted deke in my opinion but you know, Charlie here continues to push for Coach Bombay to go after his mom. Bombay was thinking about, you know, leaving and quitting, you know. He, you know, he, he's obviously lost the team, but and Charlie's a little butthurt about this, uh, you know, because he's already had a dad leave, you know, leave him before. And so it's just these these daddy issues are all piling up again. Uh, we cut to school and we get something that I never noticed before. The teacher uh, is talking about oxygen and, and hydrogen, and he's talking about, you know, he, this little representation of it with the red ball is the oxygen. And now where are the two, the two, you know, hydrogen balls? He says, now what are the blue balls? Everybody giggles. <laughs> I had no, I, and I, even now I'm 33 and I'm 
even giggling because there was a blue ball joke in the, in the fucking Mighty Ducks. And I think it's awesome. The other kids make fun of Charlie for sticking by coach and they end up all fighting each other. At the end of the fight, they all kind of, I guess, rebond and start quacking at each other and quacking at the teacher and quacking at the principal. <laughs> it's kind of cute. Yeah, they got over that pretty quickly. But we then cut to the law firm and we see that, oh, shit. Coach Riley and Ducksworth are friends. Uh, and so, you know, the Ducksworth is trying to get Coach Bombay to uh, quit and not deal with any of the shit anymore. But Bombay, you know, now he believes in his kids and uh, he stands up for him and stands up for his own self and is like, no, fuck it. I'm going to keep coaching them. Fuck you guys. I'm, I'm still going to keep Adam Banks, that kind of shit. And so Ducksworth ends up firing him. I think that's probably grounds for, um, you know, you know, misfiring somebody. And so maybe maybe he can get a good payoff. Right. Uh, and we also get my favorite line from the movie where Bombay starts quacking at his former boss. <laughs> yes, sir. Mr. Ducksworth. Thank you very much, Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, 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 quack. Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, 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 Gordon, quack. Stop quack, quack, quack. Quack, 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 quack
hockey's you know team squeaking into playoffs right no (laughs) (laughs) all of the hockey you know people and lovers in the united states don't know what one local fucking city's peewee hockey team is doing let alone give a shit that a team squeaks into playoffs that you know nobody gave a crap about before right what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) but whatever it's just it's a transition that they have to me i was just like no that no that that, no that's stupid But whatever. You know, the Ducks also then get to meet the North Stars, uh, a team that doesn't even exist anymore. It's funny. The very next year in 1993, the North Stars moved to Dallas oh. uh, and they became just the, the regular stars. Yeah. But uh, the, the Minnesota did end up getting a team again, uh, the Minnesota Wild in the year 2000. And they're okay. a pretty, pretty decent team. Uh, but the kids meet uh, two hockey players, Basil McRae and uh, Mike Madano. So uh, McRae, he was kind of actually a bit of an enforcer type. You know, he actually led the league in penalty minutes for at least one season or maybe two seasons. And then Mike Madano uh, is a he's a Hall of Famer. He is uh, he's an all time great. He played 21 seasons in the NHL and he is the all time goal scoring and points leader amongst American born players in the NHL. Wow. He's probably, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest American born NHL player. So so he's awesome. Hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. The kids, you know, have a cheesy little skate around and montage. Uh, at this time and we get this song accentuate the positive by dr john playing you got to accentuate the positive We've actually seen Dr. John live. Yes. Yeah. He was at a blues festival that our dad took us to. Yep. Uh, he's really great, a great artist who unfortunately passed away, uh, I think, a couple years ago. Yeah. Still, again, Charlie is pushing a little too hard for the coach to fuck his mom. Uh, it's just... It's, she just keeps going at this, you know, and she's she's worried that Charlie's getting a little too attached, which he is. This kid, uh, he just dives into, you know, anybody being a father figure a little too early. Uh, so we cut to a playoff game and the Ducks are playing some team in yellow. I'm confused as fuck right now <laughs> because I actually what I had to do, um, you know, I we know for a fact they are the lowest seeded team going into playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I rewound, rewound, you know, what I, I, yeah. <laughs> I skipped back to the scene where Hans kind of tells Gordon that, uh, you know, oh, your team can make the playoffs if you win this next game or whatever. And I looked at all the teams. He had the Hawks, you know, at the top. And in any playoff situation, if you have eight teams going to playoffs, which is what is happening here, yeah. the top ranked team will play the lowest ranked team because that's just you know how it is to get the easiest path right. to play in the finals now when you only have eight teams going to playoffs there are no buys you don't have you know if there's like oh, okay maybe there's only six teams and so they had like a buy or something and so that's why they got into this no sir <laughs> there were eight teams and so they their very first game with every bracket i've ever seen in the history of fucking playoffs <laughs> they should have played the hawks that very first game in playoffs but they didn't instead they play some other fucking team, this yellow team. That pissed me off. That's why this movie fucking sucks, uh, <laughs> because they don't follow proper playoff protocol. Uh, I'm I'm only kidding with that, but it did obviously bother me enough to like stop me. Wait a minute, that doesn't work out logically. <laughs> so, but you know, all right, they they move through playoffs. You know, they beat this yellow team. They beat the Cardinals, who I saw earlier. Actually, the Cardinals are ranked two. 
they were the second best team uh. um, when I saw Hans's uh, list of teams. Yeah. Which, you know, honestly, they shouldn't have played the second ranked team that early either. Uh, but whatever. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just I'm letting this go. Um, <laughs> trying trying to let this go, John. Uh, just the mathematical impossibilities of, uh, you know, their seeding doesn't make sense to me. But uh, anyway, so they make it all the way to the finals and they play the Hawks. And we get this, you know, dramatic newspaper picture of, you know, Coach Riley and Coach Bombay. It's just kind of funny. Uh, we flashback. To Gordon's failure again, uh, you know we see that triple deke that he fucks up again. Oh, just just punch you in the face, really, right now. <laughs> He's a failure. He can't win. He can't win. Uh, but it's the uh, the championship game. You know, I, again, I'm kind of flashing back right now <laughs> to another championship game in my head. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm flashing back to the time that I won state championship uh, in the state of Georgia in inline hockey. John, did you uh, did you know that? I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just letting everyone out there know that I'm awesome and I was awesome at hockey uh, because I won state championship. I'm I thought just... here's what I thought was weird. So I don't know all the backstory. You went to a certain high school and yes. they never let you on the team. So you had to go play for another high school and yet you won with the other high school and then they still didn't let you on the team. Yeah, I, well, I can I can exactly. They for some reason they didn't they didn't allow me to try out like the next year or whatever. Uh, yeah, there it was a whole thing where I was either injured or I was I was out of town during the tryouts for my actual high school's hockey team. And so they didn't let me try out. And it was like, well, fuck, I want to play hockey. From my rec league, I knew some guys who played for this other high school for Walton. And so they were like, hey, we need a, we need a goalie. We only have one and you, you should have two for a backup or whatnot. And so they were like... You know, I think if as long as it's no big deal, you can play with us. So we got it kind of cleared or whatever. No one gave a shit about hockey in the state of Georgia. Right. Especially no one gave a shit about inline hockey <laughs> in the state of Georgia. So they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Play for Walton, uh, even though you don't go to that school district or you don't go to that school at all. So I did. And we ended up, we didn't win that year, but we won my sophomore year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I played with them and I was one. And, and I mean, I I was the best goalie that they had. I actually was one of the better goalies. I was almost always ranked in the top goalies for our uh, for high school hockey, right? Um, for inline high school hockey. Uh, but yeah, like the following year or whatever, they wouldn't let me try out again or whatever. I w- or I couldn't or I can't remember what it was, but they didn't let me onto the Centennial team. And so it's like I'm playing with Walton again, and and I ended up beating them, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny i ended up I, I played my my own my own high school a couple times i always made sure on the days that i played which only yeah happened a few times but the times that i played them yeah i wore my jersey to school my walton <laughs> hockey jersey to school and just i felt i felt like a badass i never lost to my own high school i beat them every time i played them and our mother has actually a pretty good story uh where she was watching the game and she heard one of the centennial high school mothers saying something about me saying like Oh, that's the goalie who who wasn't good enough to play on our team, and she she like apparently went off on the lady or some <laughs> shit like that. So, and then I ended up beating them, and so it's right. just like suck it, <laughs> suck it, assholes. I'm better than you. So sorry, I, I get reminded about a lot of hockey tangents and shit like when I'm when I'm watching this movie or thinking about this. So it's good stuff. But during the game again, there is just blatant roughing, blatant interfering going on that the ref isn't calling. This is utter bullshit. I know it's not part of the movie, but it just pisses me off. <laughs> so the Hawks go up like three to nothing again. Goldberg is a terrible fucking goalie. I can't stand him. You know, he doesn't drop to his knees. 
ever. He's like a stand-up goalie, but he's like a really pathetic stand-up goalie. He doesn't know how to really position himself all that well, and he and he doesn't he doesn't drop to the ground. Like you have to do that, and they just can easily score if they just actually kept the puck on the ground. They could score every fucking goal, and you know <laughs> every shot almost. It's, it's pathetic. But you know this the evil coach tells some of his enforcer players to take out Banks. Uh, so he can't, you know, be a, a factor in the game. And so when he scores, there was a cross check that one of the kids did and ends up breaking his, he falls and runs into the net and uh, he ends up getting a broken collarbone. There's a horrendous, horrendously cheesy line that happens where, you know, one of the, the sympathetic Hawk kids goes up to Adam, you know, because he's his friend. Right. And he, he turns to the enforcer kid and he said, what did you do? And the, refor- the enforcer replies, my job. My job. <laughs> I just, man, I was floored with how cheesy that is. <laughs> you know, that is just fuck me. That is cheesier than craft dinner, at, you know, at the melting pot kind of <laughs> cheese. It's just cheese upon cheese upon cheese. That is awful. And for anybody who doesn't know, craft dinner is what Canadians call mac and cheese, craft uh, mac and cheese. So. And the melting pot is a fondue restaurant. Yes, uh, thank you. And a melting <laughs> pot is a fondue restaurant. So I, you know, there's layers to that joke right there, John. <laughs> Cheesy layers. Now, uh, you know, as Adam kind of gets wheeled off the ice, Jesse calls him a cake eater again, and it's lovingly this time. Mm-hmm. You know, now yay, they're friends, and he's finally come around, and the team rallies now. It's during during this game where I realized that Coach Bombay actually calls one of his lines. He says, all right, Oreo line. He They've apparently used that racist comment Jeez. that the Hawks gave earlier to apparently, you know, I guess now they turned it into something that they're okay with. So I guess I'm okay with it then. Um, but, you know, uh, it's still probably best if they don't use those kind of lines again. Yeah. <laughs> but this line is the one that does the infamous flying V. Uh, Bombay has them do it, and this is the most iconic hockey formation in the history of hockey. <laughs> the only problem is it's utter bullshit, right. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not a good or effective formation. Uh, it's kind of dumb, honestly, but I will say I don't know if I've ever been on a hockey team, and that's kids' hockey team, including adults' hockey team, at some point during practice. They haven't done, you know, in sarcasm, flying V, and then they go out and do something stupid like this. (laughs) Um, Like every hockey team ever does the flying V just because it's iconic as shit. You know, while they're playing the game, you know, they score and they kind of end up getting closer and closer and they end up kind of tying the game at some point. And then there's a penalty shot that happens and Coach Bombay says, Charlie can take it. Uh, He wants to give Charlie this chance, who's kind of, you know, been the royal screw-up before. But in my opinion, it's idiotic for Coach Bombay. This is why I think Coach Bombay is a dumb hockey coach. There's many reasons I think Coach Bombay is a bad hockey coach. This is one of them, because he has Charlie, who has never really proven himself, and he's not a good player. I mean, he's an okay player. He's decent. Uh, he's, He's a cheerleader, but he's not a top scorer. You should be putting in, like, Jesse Hall. Jesse is the better scorer. He's the better skater. You know, it's it's not really – it's not a decision that's made in the interest of the team. Right. It's a decision that's made in the interest of boning Mrs. Conway. <clears throat> you know, that, that's that's pretty much why he, he has him in. But, you know, he tells Charlie to do the triple deke. Again, it's a bullshit. It's just called stick handling. That's not yeah. a – you know, a good move. Also, the weird thing to me, they let Charlie do his penalty shot without a helmet. No, they would never allow that. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. He's he is skating hard and he's trying to shoot. Like he you know, he might 
fall or hit his head or like whatever. Yeah. That's that was other bullshit. But guess what, John? He does the triple deke, and instead of clanging it off the post like the failure Golden Gordon Bombay did when he was a kid, Charlie shoots it and he scores. He gets it in. Yay! He wins and Queens, we are the champions plays. It's all exciting. Um, and the movie kind of ends. Uh, you know, we're wrapping it up with Gordon Bombay going off to try out for a minor league hockey team, which we've established Gordon has, he quit hockey after he lost that game for the Hawks. And he was, he looked like he was around 12. He hasn't played. There's no way he's actually played for like 20 years now, <laughs> but he thinks he's good enough to go out and, uh, and try out for minor league hockey team. It's just whatever. And as the bus leaves Queens, we will rock you plays over the credits. So, all right, that is our full breakdown of Mighty Ducks. Uh, John, I will let you talk about it. You know, I, call, I called out a lot of bullshit in this film, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to let you go out and start uh, your you know, final, final thoughts on Mighty Ducks. That's okay. Uh, my final thoughts are actually pretty short. It's an okay movie. It was never really one of my favorites. It was okay. I liked it. To me, it's never been one I have attached to, and I wouldn't say it's it's not a horrible movie. You know, horrible kids movie. It's it's right up there with I don't I, w- I don't know if I I would say it's as good as The Sandlot, but it's right up there with those types of movies. I would I would actually say it's probably I'd say The Sandlot and Mighty Ducks are probably the two, in my opinion, most iconic kids sports movies like of our generation. I agree, but I mean it's it's you know it's it's good for what it is. Okay. Sorry, that's my two cents on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. well, you were definitely not as inspired by, from Mighty Ducks as I was. I loved this movie as a kid. I've seen all three of the Mighty Ducks movies. Um, hell, honestly, it may have been like a subconscious influencer for me getting into hockey when I was younger. You know, yes, there are flaws with it. I called out a lot of dumb bullshit, you know, watching it as an adult. But watching it as an adult and watching it as a nostalgic adult, it's cute as fuck. I still enjoyed watching it. I'm legitimately excited to eventually talk about D2 with Corey and then eventually again also D3, <laughs> which is a movie I liked. A lot of people shit on D3, but I actually enjoyed it when I was younger. So hmm. I'm excited to, to talk about those. And I was excited to watch this one. I'm a hockey player. I'm always going to consider myself a hockey player till I die. Uh, and this movie is probably part of that, in my opinion, as to you know how I got there or how it just kind of helps show the love of it. And I talked about how many times I was flashback into either skating or hockey or shit before. And this movie makes me feel very nostalgic about things in my life. Um, and so I'm nostalgic for the movie. So I, I give this one a much better uh, than just decent, um, partly because, you know, it meant so much to me mm-hmm. and, and hockey means so much to me. So nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, all right, that's a nice little heartfelt nostalgia there. Uh, now let's talk about something that really had nothing to do with this movie very much. Uh, let's, let's go talk about the cartoon. All right, the Mighty Ducks cartoon. This show uh, aired from 1996 till early 1997. It had one season, 26 episodes. It aired on ABC. Uh, And really, it's all about a team of humanoid ducks uh, who play ice hockey and they're kind of freedom fighters. Uh, from, um, you know, these they fight evil, basically, between when they're not playing hockey, uh, and they come from another universe, uh, and their world is called Puck World. So, I mean, it's a very, 
convoluted storyline, <laughs> honestly, when I rewatched it. Uh, but before we get into some more of that other stuff, was this a show that you watched at all? No. When you were younger? Do you, you even, did you even know that it existed? Uh, I kind of like vaguely was aware that it existed and I'm sure I saw commercials and stuff for it, but I don't ever remember watching it. Yeah. A lot of people don't really remember it. It all makes sense as one for one season. I definitely watched it when I was younger. Uh, I was a fan. I actually had at least one of the action figures. I, I had Wild Wing, who we'll talk about in, in a minute, but he's like the leader of the group. Um, and I might have had one more. I can't remember who it might have been, but I definitely had a Wild Wing. I don't know. This was a show that I definitely liked when I was a kid. And I, I mean, this was right when I was playing hockey, you know, or right before. Actually, this is probably right before I was playing hockey or right around when I got started at it. So like this is another show that, you know, I, I just loved as a kid. You know, it's it's, uh, it's it was fun. You know, and it, and it was action. You know, I, I was probably 11 when this one came out mm-hmm. or maybe maybe 10 or 11. And so it being a little like fun little action hero and it dealt with hockey. That was perfect for me. <laughs> so this show stars a couple different, you know, ensemble Voice acting cast, uh, Wild Wing Flashblade was voiced by Ian Ziering. How about a nice cool drink, Ozone Breath? You know him from all of the Sharknado movies. Mm-hmm. He's been in every single Sharknado movie. Uh, but most people, especially from the 90s, recognize him as Steve from Beverly Hills 90210. Yep. But he's uh, actually done a good bit of voice work. He actually did a voice on... Uh, Biker Mice from Mars, and he was Harry Osborn in uh, one of the Spider-Man shows as well. But um, just a little bit about the Wild Wing character. He was the leader. He was also the team captain and the goalie, which is, I think, why I liked him and why I had his uh, his action figure, because he was a team captain. Actually, I was also team captain my senior year. Uh, me and this other guy, Joey Sartori, uh, who there's no way he listens to this podcast, um, but we were co-captains uh, our senior year um, because we were, we were the two best players on the team, I think. <laughs> but it was good stuff. <laughs> and also in real life, the mascot for the, for the Anaheim Ducks um, and, you know, the when they were the Mighty Ducks, uh, the, the duck mascot, you know, mm-hmm. who runs around, his name is Wild Wing ah, as well. Okay. So that all that kind of ties in. His brother Nosedive uh, was voiced by Steve McCall. Fellow ducks, I'm going to arm us to the beaks. And he hasn't really done anything that I recognized, but uh, Nosedive is Wild Wing's younger brother, and he is by far the team's like more impulsive and kind of immature member. Um, he's kind of like, what was it, Young Star from Dino Riders, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, and he played left wing. Duke LaRange uh, was voiced by Jeff Bennett. <sighs> Beautiful job. Everybody's safe. Jeff Bennett has done tons of stuff. We actually talked about him uh, in the show when we talked about Gargoyles because he did the voice of Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Uh, He also was the voice of Johnny Bravo uh, in the show Johnny Bravo. He was the dad in Dexter's Lab, but he has tons of credits. The uh, the chef the chef in me um, smiles at the name Duke Lorange. Yes, it is. It's a pun. Exactly. Yeah, play on the on the dish Duck Lorange, which I imagine is just orange duck. Duck, duck with orange sauce. Duck, or something. Yeah, duck with like an orange glaze sauce on it. Yeah, that makes sense. But usually done as a whole duck. Okay, that's cool. Uh, hopefully, you'll make it for me one day, John. I can't wait. Cooking whole duck is fine. Cutting up a whole duck is not like cutting up a chicken. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, well, Duck Larange had an eye patch and like a chipped beak. He was kind of a you, you know that he had like been through some <laughs> shit. Uh, he was kind of like. He was kind of a badass, and he had like a sword, but he he played center. Mallory McMallard was voiced by Jennifer Hale. That satellite has enough power to deep fry every city on the planet. Great voice actress. She's done tons of shows and video games. She was actually maybe what I remember remember her 
from uh, one of the things was she was Felicia Hardy slash the black cat in the Spider-Man, the animated show from the 90s. Oh, okay. But she also did tons of video games, including she was Basta LaShawn in uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, okay. Which is which is definitely a game that you and I uh, adore. Yeah. Um, and Mallory, she was kind of like a fiery redhead. She was kind of like a very strict military person, uh, kind of very stubborn, kind of a hard ass. And she played right wing. Then we had Tanya Vanderflock. She was voiced by April Winchell. I don't have a clue, but I know who Mike, my friend, Dr. Huggerman. He's a specialist in electricity. April Winchell has done a good bit of stuff. You know, she had... TV voice roles for the 101 Dalmatians TV show, as well as the show Goof Troop. Uh, but she might be best known as um, a Disney, recurring Disney character called Clarabelle Cow. Oh, yeah. Uh, you probably would recognize her if you saw her. She She's done the voice for, of Clarabelle for a good little while now. I recognize that because my kids used to be all about the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse cartoon. Yeah, yeah the House of Mouse show or whatever they yeah, it was called. Yeah, Tanya is kind of like the Ducks' resident genius. Uh, she's a little bit more brains than brawn kind of person. She played left defense. Honestly, she, if if we were casting this the Mighty Ducks people or the the cartoon as like a live action movie, it would pretty much have to be um, Kate McKinnon from you know because <laughs> it's almost the exact same character from. Ghostbusters oh, okay. that she voiced in that. It's almost, it's very similar uh, to that one. We also have uh, Grin Hardwing uh, that was voiced by Brad Garrett. That does it. My inner peace has been disturbed enough for one day. Uh, you know Brad Garrett from, he was the brother in Everybody Loves Raymond. I remember him uh, very lovingly as the over-affectionate sob mechanic in Seinfeld. <laughs> He loved uh, Jerry's sob maybe a little too much. And if anybody, you know, wants to uh, check out more of my love of Seinfeld, check out the Cartwright <laughs> a Seinfeld podcast, uh, all part of the Blast From Our Past Network. Shameless, sir. Shameless. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, all right. And Grin was like a super strong kind of member of the team who had a very zen-like philosophy. Mm -hmm. Apparently during his younger years, he had a really horrible temper and he found enlightenment in the training from Grand Hockey Master Ty Quack Doe. <laughs> That's pretty shitty. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like something out of Howard the Duck. Yeah. Uh, and he played right defense. So. Uh, and this show, I mean, being a Disney cartoon, there were other really big name uh, voice actors and other actors in it, including Jim Belushi, Tony Jay, Clancy Brown, Tim Curry, Dennis Franz, Jim Cummings, Charlie Adler, David Hyde Pierce, uh, Rob Paulson, um, and uh, of course... You know I'm going to mention him. Mm -hmm. This guy did some episodes for it. He, It's our, our buddy, our good, good friend, <laughs> Frankie Welker. Frank Welker did a voice on this show as well. God, I would be so happy if he was our good, good friend. Oh, I know. <laughs> did I ever tell you my Rob Paulson? Because Rob Paulson did a voice on here. I mentioned him. Did I ever tell you my Rob Paulson story? I think you did, but I can't remember if you told it on the podcast. Okay. This episode's just chock full of my stories. I'm sorry, That's I'm fine. just kind of <laughs> interrupting it. Tell it anyway. Uh, while I was working for the YouTube company FBE, Rob Paulson and actually all of the voice actors for Animaniacs came in um, and they did uh, a little episode for us. Um, but while Rob Paulson was filming, you know, I, I love Rob Paulson, you know, for so many different... The guy has done tons of voices that, you know, we all know and love, including, uh, I think he was Donatello in the um, Mighty du or the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show mm -hmm. when we were kids and stuff like that. He's just done a million things. While he was about, you know, doing some shoot, he needed to take a break to go to the bathroom. But I went up and I went up to him, you know, real quick and was just like, 
hey, Mr. Paulson, I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan. You know, thank you so much for everything you've done. You, you know, I really appreciate, you know, you're really a part, a huge part of my childhood. And, you know, he turned to me and said, well, your childhood really needs to go pee right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I, bu- I stopped him at the absolute wrong <laughs> moment because he had to go piss really bad in between the shooting. And uh, I felt really fucking embarrassed. And so I just got out of his way and then slunk my way back to my uh, office. And I was just like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry there, <laughs> Mr. Paulson. So, yeah, that was my one interaction with him. But I was uh, I was pretty nervous about talking to him because he's he's a big voice actor name. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, a couple other things about the show. One thing I want to talk about is the theme song. This theme song uh, was performed by Mickey Thomas, who is actually probably best known as the lead vocalist from Jefferson Starship. Oh, Starship. Okay. So we built the city on rock and roll. Yep. I don't love the theme song. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't either. It's it's not even close to one of the better theme songs from the 90s. Um, it, it was okay. You know, it, it was mediocre, lower mediocre, honestly. We are the Mighty Ducks. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's just, it really was, it was lacking. They, you know, usually Disney does better than that for their theme songs. Yeah. The whole thing about the show was the Mighty Ducks were, you know, they were hockey players, uh, but they were also kind of like stopping this other evil race of aliens uh, and saving the day from evil and shit like that in our time because they came from another universe. I really only ended up watching like two episodes. Yeah. Uh, rewatching this one. How about you? Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Yeah, I watched the first one and then I kind of skipped and watched a later one. The, sh- the animation is solid. You know, it's pretty decent. Is that Disney animation? So it's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But I don't really have a whole bunch else to talk about the show. I mean, it only lasted 26 episodes. There weren't any, like, huge storylines. You know, it was a kid's show, so, they, you know, they wrapped up most stuff other than, like, the first, like, you know, thing that took a couple parts to do. Right. It's it's not one that I actually was really loving uh, when I was going back and rewatching it this time. I thought it was it was okay. You know, it, the show is going decent, but it's not, uh, it's not capturing me like I thought it was going to, honestly. I thought I was going to you know, love rewatching the show. Like, you know, it was, it wasn't as big as Gargoyles for me, but this was a show I definitely liked. And being a hockey guy, I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I think very fondly of the show when I think back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, you know, rewatching it now is just like, okay, this is, this is not what it was in my nostalgia. Yeah. Um, but you know, for someone like you who hadn't really seen it before, what are you, what were your thoughts on watching this show? Pretty much the same. I mean, the animation was good, but I didn't really get attached to any of the characters and I wasn't really overly impressed with the story or the writing or anything like that. It was just kind of meh. Did you by chance show this to your son who I'm still hoping maybe one day will learn to love hockey and, and I can teach him and be his little coach and that'll be awesome? I did actually. I made both of my kids watch it and uh, uh-huh. they really weren't all inter- interested in it. <laughs> Damn. Damn it. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I guess I won't be passing down my old hockey gear to them anytime soon. 
Probably not. I'll save it for maybe one day I can get an adopted child. There you yeah, go. that's my plan. There you we'll go. do that. That's gonna that'll be that. Uh well, all right. Well that's kind of our lackluster uh <laughs> <laughs> review. I mean it was it's an okay show. It's nothing special. Yeah. You know, kind of a quick little thing. I kind of ran down to the characters each one by one, but you know, uh, if anybody out there was a fan of this show, I would probably say, you know, well, it's it's not that tough. There's only twenty six episodes. If you wanna Force yourself to go watch it. You you probably could. I honestly probably could get through it. But am I going to really, really love it as much as some of the other shows that are probably better to rewatch, like Batman the Animated Series or X-Men the Animated Series uh, or Gargoyles? Uh, I would probably vote to just rewatch one of those uh, over this one. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... It's Hosam It's wet! It's wild! He's against the boards! Close to goal! Can he hold him off? He's gone! Hosam from Buddy Elf! And now we're going to do the casting portion of the show, or uh, more accurately, the drafting portion of the show. Uh, we're going to do a fantasy draft, and heavy on both of those words, fantasy draft. We're going to be <laughs> drafting our own hockey teams using fictional characters from movies. So not real hockey players, because I don't know any real hockey players. Okay, and and that's what I was pretty sure was the reason why. Uh, it's because you know I know a lot of hockey players, and you know I would pick a team that I. I would absolutely love, but uh, John is is not as much of a fan, and so he wanted to go with the the movie character route, and which is totally fine. Well, and there's not a whole bunch of hockey movies. I know, though. but I mean, <laughs> like if like I've seen hockey movies, I can I can have fun with this one, and it's not to say I couldn't pick a good team if I picked players. I would just end up looking at who's been the best player for oh, gotcha. in this position, and then I, I would end up with a team that you'd probably respect, but I don't really know. And so for me, and I know this is a little bit selfish, for me it was going to be more fun to do something like this than it would have been to pick mm-hmm. real players. All right, fair enough. So uh, we'll be doing um, all the positions. Right wing, center wing, left wing, left defense, right defense, <laughs> goalie, and a coach, because why not? Silly John, there's not a center wing. You're just center. Oh. You're not, you're not on a wing. Well, when you describe them to me, you go, there's three wings, left, right, center. The, uh, no, I thought I said there's three forwards. Maybe I fucked that up. Then there's there's center, left wing, right wing, and they're all they're the forwards. Okay. So That's how much I know about hockey. And I got a team yeah. that's made <laughs> yeah. the night. The team in my hometown has made the playoffs. I, I've yeah, still true. never been to the to a game. Their first season. or Yeah, uh, their second. Was it their second season? No, it was their first season. Their first, yeah, that was an incredible run. Yeah. Man. All right. So do you just want to run straight down that way, or do you want to go backwards from coach back up, or does it matter to you? Um, I mean – Either way, uh, I, don't, I don't know where there's going to be, you know, the most interesting call out here. I'm not sure if it is coach is the most interesting dispersion or if it's goalie or center or whatever. I don't know if there really is with this one. I so. don't think there is going to be. Yeah. So whatever you want. All I know is, is my team is going to mop the floor with your team. You're an idiot, John. I know more about hockey than you. And I know how to I know how to, to, to break down characters and how actually good they are. And so that way my team is top tier. I know this. It's it's fact. They will destroy your team. Oh, we'll see about that. All right. 
Let's start with, why don't we start with Left Wing? Now, I'm going to be honest. I didn't necessarily keep the characters at whatever position they played in whatever movie they were in. Mm -hmm. Just because I wanted certain characters and I just decided I'm going to put them in whatever position I feel works for what I'm doing. I think that's actually fairly valid. You know, as long as you pretty much keep your forwards in a forward position and your defense in a defensive position, they should be able to effectively switch between right and left. Um, and most wings, you know, can also play center. Usually you have someone who's particularly good at it, but yeah, as long as you had three forwards and your center left and right wings, and then two defensemen in your left and, and right defense. then you I'm pretty forward. sure every person I picked besides the goalie was a wing of some kind. <laughs> and I just moved two of them <laughs> to defense. Including your defense? Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. So, because I wanted the best team. Okay. Well, if you, well, John, if you just chose yeah, forwards, just, just and, listen to and, my and team. That doesn't mean you. you're going to be the. Okay. Just listen. Okay. You, you're going to agree it's the best team. Uh huh. I don't think so. You obviously know nothing. I'll about go. It. It. I'll go ahead and start <laughs> us off. All right. So left wing. Um, I needed somebody who was good, but had a you know a good attitude. And granted, at the beginning of the film, this kid didn't really have a good attitude. But he changed, and he changed for the better. My left wing is going to be uh, Mr. Adam Banks from the Mighty Ducks. Okay, uh, Adam Banks is a great call. He, you know, was an all-time great on those teams. You know, uh, he definitely played center. You know, when he was uh, on the Mighty Ducks, which I noticed, um, and you might see that later. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, all right, that's totally fine. He is your left winger, and I, I'm not going to poo-poo on Adam Banks because I love Adam Banks. Okay. He's, he's a great player. For my left wing, I went with a character who actually is from a movie that I haven't seen fully, but I have seen clips. And I saw the clip at the end where he had a penalty shot and he had to beat this goalie, and he used some very nifty, interesting moves, including kicking the puck back to himself and whatnot. Um, and the whole movie is really kind of a cheesy '80s movie, where the whole thing is he's kind of like a flashy player, but he's not—he's not hard enough. And so the, the team, he has to become more of a harder, hard ass and a fighter. Um, and that's kind of like the whole point of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was played by Rob Lowe. My left wing is Dean Youngblood from the movie Youngblood. That was good. I almost put him on my team. Okay. I almost put him on my team. I didn't up didn't end up giving him a didn't end up getting a spot in my team, but Fair enough. I mean, but watching watching the uh the the movie that he or at least watching like the clip of him scoring at the end, I was like, "Oh, he has some inventive moves. I like what he's doing here." So, all right. That's what he can do. All right. Well, let's just move across to the center. Adam, I'm going to let you jump in with center first. Because I think I've been, I think I, I think I know who your center is. Yes, you do, because you mysteriously moved him over to left wing, even though he obviously has the quickness to be and to win all the draws uh, for center. Because that's what I saw him do in this movie that we just talked about. He is one of, if not the best forwards in any hockey movie. I went with Adam Banks from the Mighty Ducks. He is awesome. Yep. That works. He's a little injury prone, <laughs> uh, I will say, in the movies. He's a little injury prone, but he is extremely talented. All right. Well, I'm not sure he's going to hold a candle to my center because my center is the real MVP. And by MVP, I mean most valuable primate. <laughs> I went with Jack the Chimp from MVP, uh, most valuable primate. Uh, yes. Why? Boom. Drop the mic. Why did I know you were going to put him on your team? Uh, he did not make my team, and I know for the baseball episode, I may or may not have put on uh, at least one mammal, <laughs> other, you know, other than human. I, I am not surprised that Jack, the MVP, most valuable primate, is on your team. Wow. 
He had a good shot. He definitely had a good shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, you know, primates are pretty quick. They're pretty quick. So <laughs> center position, that seems like a good spot for him. That is a good speedy position for him. I I don't know what to think, John. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. All right. And sweeping to the right. Let's go to our right wing position. Uh, Adam, I'll jump in with this one if, if you don't care. So my right wing is just a magical player. And I really mean magical because he's the motherfucking tooth fairy. I went with <laughs> the rock himself, Derek from the movie Tooth Fairy. And he's your right wing? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. I, okay. He's definitely not a forward, but okay. Does, I'll allow it. Doesn't matter. He's magical. Magical. Yep. He's, he is magical. That is true, because he's the Tooth Fairy. Uh, all right. Uh, my right wing, I went with uh, not one, not two, but three players, because any one of them would count as uh, my right wing. They are easily the most iconic line in all of hockey. They're triplets from the movie Slapshot, and they are super iconic characters, in my opinion. I went with Steve, Jeff, and Jack Hansen as my right-wingers. Uh, you know, they were a, a single forward line in the movie Slapshot. They right. were just iconic badasses from that movie. It was a funny-ass movie if everyone's ever saw Slapshot. But, so I went with the Hansen triplets for, you know, any one of them. You know, they can rotate for all I give a fuck, but I couldn't choose just one of them, so I had to go with all of the triplets. Okay. Well, let's move back to defense. Uh, Right-left, do you care which one? we do first let's uh let's start with right all right well right defense why don't you go ahead and start us off and i am gonna change my right defense right now (laughs) because uh i don't like that you also went with this uh very magically strong character (laughs) uh and so because he he's actually a defenseman john and not a forward so you obviously don't know shit and this is why my team would beat your team you don't have enough faith in him no, I mean, I know that, you know, I want a really good defenseman to play defense. I don't want a forward playing defense and a defense playing forward because uh, you're crazy. Uh, and I was going to go with, with Derek they're all, Thompson. They're all the same fucking position. God, what the fuck? <laughs> no, that's a bad they John. They just skate around back and forth. They're, that's they're a fine. bad John. <laughs> I was going to go with Derek Thompson because he's the tooth fairy, which is he was a badass. You know, he was he was nicknamed the tooth fairy because he would make people lose teeth uh, when he hit them and and would fight them or whatnot. Instead, I am switching it up and I'm going to go with uh, someone who we need a good leader. And this guy would probably be my captain of the team now. He's an old tried and true player. Uh, and that's why he was the captain of the Mystery Alaska team. I went with Russell Crowe himself, Russell Crowe, <laughs> as John Beebe for my right defense. Ah, uh, good choice. I switched that on on the fly uh, because because <laughs> it was Derek Thompson. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to have the, the same tooth fairy, even though I love The Rock. That was the, one of The Rock's cheesiest fucking <laughs> movies ever. I'm switching it to John Beebe, Russell Crowe, and watch him hopefully fight and round the world, uh, which totally other reference. But anyway, John Beebe from Mystery Last. All right. Well, Adam, uh, you're not going to like this because... <laughs> For my right defense, I took a wing and made him, I took a forward and uh. made him defense. <laughs> now, the reason I did this is I wanted somebody aggressive. And there's nobody more aggressive than the fucking Hanson brothers. So my right defense oh. is Jeff Hanson. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and tell you my left defense is Steve Hanson. Okay, so you took you took two of them. And you so Jack, you're saying, fuck off, Jack. I don't want you. <laughs> but I, you'll take the two Hanson brothers and have... I have reasons for that. I have reasons for picking those specific two. Oh, God, if you had Jack play goalie. No, no, those specific two are played by real-life brothers who those characters were based Uh, off of. 
Okay. So those two characters were the real life brothers. The third one was not uh, a real life brother. So I just picked those two because it's like they're real life brothers, and the characters themselves were actually based on them. Okay. All right. That's kind of cool. I, I can I can appreciate that. Okay. My uh, my left defense is uh, someone who has a lot of energy, and he is definitely an enforcer. Um, he's someone who you probably you, you got to have that. Enforcer on your team. What's another name for an enforcer, John? A fucking goon. <laughs> and I went with, was it Sean William Scott? Yeah. Uh, his name, which is a funny-ass movie. I've seen this one. I went with his character, Doug Glatt, from the movie Goon. You know, in, in researching this, I heard a lot of good things about that movie. And I've never seen it, but I've been wondering if I should check it out. It's funny. I mean, it's just a silly, pretty good movie. Uh, Leaf Schreiber's in that one. He actually is pretty good. He's, he's I mean, he's a great actor. I love him and everything. Mm. And he's a character that I kind of considered putting on my, on my movie as well. But I wanted to go with the goon himself so i went with doug glad okay all right now we're here for the goalie the most important character yes in my opinion because i'm a goalie there is only one correct i'm gonna get let me jump sure, in john because if anybody has listened to our podcast particularly the rookie of the year episode or our 90s crushes episode they know that there is only one correct answer to your character fictional character goalie and i'm not going to go into too much of a diatribe because i've done it before on this podcast and i'll do it again <laughs> uh if i ever you know watch and discuss d2 i went with the best goalie from any hockey movie ever julie the cat gaffney okay i'm not shocked i'm i mean i knew you of course you're not i knew it was going <laughs> to be her before she... you said anything <laughs> Of course, and that's why I knew this is probably best not to uh, save goalie for like the very, very end because, you know, <laughs> it wasn't a particularly dramatic choice. It is going to be very obvious for anybody who knows me. All right. So uh, for my goalie, I considered Julie the Cat. I mean, she's she's mm-hmm. very good. I considered Goldberg, but I threw that out the mm-hmm. window pretty quickly. Yeah. I decided I need somebody who was mean, someone who was rough. Adam, I needed a killer. I went with Sub-Zero from The Running Man. (laughs) I was not expecting that. (laughs) Wow. I love that call, though. Fuck, I love that call. (laughs) Well, even though I have Doug Glad as well and the Hanson triplets, uh, you have, with you having Sub-Zero and the Hanson brothers, (laughs) two of them on there, you have one of the most most dangerous teams (laughs) I've probably ever seen. Yep. And a motherfucking chimp. A motherfucking chimp. (laughs) He'll rip your arms off. Yeah, chimp would probably eat your face off. (laughs) Yeah, he will. You know what? I can't can't poo-poo on (laughs) Sub-Zero. That's awesome. He is... You know, eventually, you know, he is just going to be a plain zero. We all know that. Yeah, That's but bound to happen. Yeah, but only Ben Richards can take him there. So yeah, true, true. So okay, I, I honestly, honestly, I love that. All choice. right, <laughs> all right, Adam, who is going to be, uh, who's going to be leading your ragtag group of losers? In my opinion, this guy is the best coach of any hockey movie that I've ever seen. Uh, it's a very good movie, and the only problem is. The guy is not particularly fictional, but, you know, it's, it's from a movie that is based on real life. But any any movie has some fictional elements to it, goddammit. So I'm considering this one okay for my fictional character hockey team. He was played by Kurt Russell, and the movie was fantastic. Uh, and I mean that with all sincerity. It's a really good one. And his portrayal was awesome. He is a coach that could really straighten out my, my team and have them go all the way in destroying your team. Uh, I went with... 
Herb Brooks, uh, who is from the movie Miracle, as my coach. Um, I can I will be honest with you. Uh, up until this morning, that's who I had as my coach as well. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, it would have been and, the right choice. And I'm glad I didn't because I can't have him coaching my team and your team. It's just it's too much. Mm-hmm. No. So I needed a coach with a proven winning record. Someone who was not afraid to get dirty when needed. And I tell you what, only losing twice out of a very, very long 20-plus year career, it's a pretty damn good record. I fucking went with Coach Riley. That motherfucker is a winner. He's a winner. (laughs) He's evil, John. He's pure evil. Look at who he's coaching. Oh, he's he's gonna just like demotivate all of them and just like you know just tell them he's that gonna get oh, the God, w. he's the worst. He's person. gonna get the W. Oh, awful choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. I mean, you go for you go for the throat, John. You're definitely going for the throat. Without he would not be afraid to uh, use Sub Zero's like metal blade goalie stick to yeah. actually decapitate people, and he would just go all right, all right, all right, and he'd, he'd be all for it. <laughs> All right, so uh, some pretty good teams. Uh, there's obviously uh, a clear winner in my team, and uh, uh, no, no, no chance. You, 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 you were just putting people willy nilly. All right, mine is the only true hey, best. They're professionals. Team. They can play whatever position they uh-huh. need to. Yeah, 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 <laughs> All right, don't, don't watch hockey. And that was our fictional fantasy hockey draft. Please join us next time for another album review episode. Adam and John do all their ees and jamons while they review Michael Jackson's 1982 album, Thriller. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get